0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. So little Aram Chachaturian was over at our house the other day. Is he here today somewhere? Is he? They're coming. Okay, good. Well, he's at that age, if you remember, if you've seen kids, where he's moving into speaking, but he's not quite fully speaking yet. So he does a lot of communication without words. And of course if you've never had a child even, it's very clear that when a child uh, points to something and goes, uh, that he's saying, you know, he wants something. And that he goes to his mom or his sister and goes like this, he wants to be lifted up. Kids understand that there is something very powerful about communication even before you get to words. In fact, maybe that's the most powerful kind of communication, <coughs> this nonverbal communication if you've ever tried to learn a different language, if you've ever tried to teach a different language, you know about the power of nonverbal communication. Otherwise, my 2 years spent teaching English in the schools of Stepanavan Armenia would not have been very successful if it wasn't for the power of nonverbal communication to communicate our ideas. It's indeed powerful, but because it's silent, we often take its power for granted. And here's a little experiment. In one second, to help you prove this power, just extend your hand out to someone anytime. Put your hand out like this, and see how powerful that gesture is because it demands a response from that person to shake your hand. It's something about the presence of a new person, maybe even a child of God, that demands a response, and often we're nervous, we're at a loss for words when we meet someone new, but we welcome them through this ritual, this hand gesture, which is very powerful. And what's one of the worst things you can do to offend someone else? Don't shake their hand back. That means that there is so much bitterness and enmity between you that communication is not even desired. So there's this great power in nonverbal communication and our church being old and our church being spiritual taps into that in our liturgical language to express things that are even deeper than words. What do we do that's nonverbal in church? You bow down several times before God. You open your arms during Hydemed. "God, my heart, my life is open to you in prayer. We offer the kiss of peace to each other. And perhaps though the most repeated and greatest nonverbal form of communication we have in church is celebrated this entire season, and today on the Feast of Varak, and that is the cross. We use this gesture in worship and sacrament at least as much as we use the handshake in everyday life. Because since the day of our birth, each one of you born into this church were surrounded by the sign of the cross. In Armenian, we have a great word for making the sign of the cross. of A, a priest usually we say, Djar uh, na That means to write the Lord on someone, right? On our hands and our eyes and our ears and baptism and forehead, over our foreheads which touch our spouses in a marriage, that two would become one in and on top of the casket as we leave this life to be with Christ. And so during Badarak, though, of course, you've also noticed that we're blessed by the sign of the cross over ten times during Badarak, right? And that's from the altar, but then every time you hear hor ye vo ye in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you also draw the cross on yourself, and even with Jesus' name we do on the altar. So depending on how often you come to church, You cross yourself hundreds if not thousands of times during a year. But just like a handshake, we communicate so often with the cross that we can forget its power and significance and it becomes just an empty routine, an empty ritual with nothing behind it. But let's remember, crossing yourself contains a power to communicate hospitality and welcome as deeply felt as a handshake. Only the person you are greeting is God himself, right? So like any other person who's in a specific place, in a specific body, God is everywhere at all times and so he's ready to be met anytime, place by you and I, his sons and his daughters. And so in this way, signing the cross uh, could be a deeply personal thing we do. Notice how it traces over our body and it centers in our heart. It's like we're receiving God's presence from outside of us and making it manifest within us, in our hearts. Christos imetch Merheitnitz, we sing, Christ is revealed in our midst within us. And this isn't just for Sundays. I don't know about you, but I find in two situations I cross myself. When I am so grateful and elated, I cross myself, and when I am scared and something difficult is ahead of me, I cross myself. And I do this because it's the shortest form of prayer that I have and the deepest. Saying thanks to God for your presence, or please God, I need your presence. So, making the sign of the cross is deeply personal and it's a powerful form of communication without words, but it's also been the very public means by which God has communicated with his people, his children around the world over the ages. So, it's not just personal, it's historic and it's universal. And God spoke to humankind with many words. We repeat this every Badarak. We say that he sent messengers. We say he sent his prophets and his laws, but in the fullness of time he came himself. He came as son. And amazingly and sadly, humankind rejected him and sent him to his death on the cross. But then, even then, his love and urge to communicate was so strong that he transformed this sign of death into the cross our sign of eternal life and so to finish this cross also as you know has very special significance for Armenians you know if other churches like the Catholic Church has a devotion to Mary with different feasts and icons and hymns the Armenian Church has a special devotion to the cross with hymns and days throughout the year and churches shaped like crosses and crosses all over the church and that's because God has extended his hand to Armenians throughout the centuries and we've needed it. We've needed it to see how he's written himself over all our history, in the alphabet, in the thousands of churches that dot the Armenian countryside, in the thousands of khachkars, hundreds of thousands which dot the countryside and mark the resting place of all those who died in faith. And he's especially with us in times of great trial, which for Armenians are always present, it seems. Today on the Feast of Varak, we remember a time in the 7th century which was very hard for Armenians, much persecution, but this reminder came from God as the sky lit up and lit up the hearts of persecuted Armenians that God is still with you. God's promise is with you. His love is greater than any violence and any hate. And we trust We have to trust that Christ's cross and his promise of love is greater than the hatred and the violence and will light up the hearts of those who have lost everything in Artsakh and have fled to Armenia. And so my prayer for us today is to remember that great power of the cross. It's a power beyond words. And that whenever we approach our cross-shaped church, St. Hagop, or kiss a cross, or draw a cross on ourselves, that we not let it be an empty ritual for us, but that we take to heart its true significance. For by the sign of the cross, God extends his hand to each and every one of us, sons and daughters, and asks us, take my hand and follow me and walk the path of self-giving love, which is harder than many other ways, maybe any other ways, but it will also lead us to our greatest joy in his abiding presence and love, now and always, and unto the ages of ages, amen.